Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I am your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm business. My team at How to Manage a Small Law Firm and I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success as they define it. In the Unbillable Hour, each month, we explore an area important to growing revenues, giving you back more of your time and improving your professional satisfaction in one of the key areas of your business. As an attorney who's built and managed my own law firms in Georgia and New York City, I now get to work with hundreds of law firms to help them grow professionally and personally. I start with the fundamental premise that a law firm business exists primarily to provide for the financial, personal, and professional needs of you, its owner. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you instead of the other way around. And before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsor, Answer One. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 Answer One or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer, the number one, dot com. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Financing Justice. And I'm really excited to be at uh, the ABA Tech Show today and having guests Eva Shang and Joshua Lennon from Clio. Eva uh, has got a business that is working closely with Clio to provide financing for litigation for law firms, but not in the traditional sense that a lot of us have come to think about it for like these big dollar cases, but really looking to help small law firms finance cases that otherwise their clients won't be able to do. So let me just start with that question, if you don't mind, like what kind of cases are we talking about? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, so let me, let me bring a picture to mind, which is probably very familiar to a lot of your listeners. You're a small plaintiff's shop, you have a small business come in, it's an ice cream manufacturer in Massachusetts, and they have been cheated by their vendor who has been selling them lower quality ice cream than they're used to. Now, what do they do? You're a plaintiff's shop, you're taking the case on full contingency, but you don't have money for the expert witnesses that it's going to take mm -hmm. to write that report. And you pass that cost on to the client. Now, the client, as it happens, doesn't have money either. Where do you go? Now, in usual instances, this case would just be dropped or you know, they would borrow money from somebody's aunt or uncle and take their chances. But uh, what Legalist does is we provide financing for those types of cases where the amount requested is under $500,000, usually small business, individual, small commercial disputes, and hosted by small law firms. Yeah, so. and, and I mean, I think the truth is, right, that in fact, they might go to their aunt, they might go to their uncle, they might go to a bank, they might go to other resources right. of lending, but the truth is that a lot of these people end up not being able to bring their case. Exactly. And uh, Joshua, before we were um, starting the show, you were talking mm -hmm. about some information that you'd gotten about access to justice and how that might be a problem and how the access to justice is actually improving with alternative sources of funding. Yeah, absolutely. So the American Bar Association did a study on 
how often can the middle class access justice mm -hmm. through traditional legal means? And what they found were that a lot of options are now becoming open to them that hadn't existed in the past, but most clients out there don't know about them right. or know how to take advantage of them. So I had a, a great discussion with Will Hornsby, who's the staff counsel for the American okay. Bar Association, uh, and the author of this report. And he walked through all the different types of fee shifting that happens within a lot of different types of litigation right now, contingency fees, and now litigation financing. And these are newer alternatives for accessing justice. The problem with them is that while lawyers may be familiar with them, clients aren't. Right. And so we're actually relying upon lawyers to go out and drum up money on behalf of their clients. And it's uh, quite a challenge, especially when most of these alternatives tend to think very large scale. Right, and that right. meant that the everyday business owner, like the ice cream shop, just can't find the financing that they're looking for to push their successful case. Right, because I mean, even what, what we're talking about, like the financing for, let's stick with your ice cream case, we're probably talking about needing to fund, what, five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000 for experts, but not, not a hundred, not two hundred thousand dollars. Is that is so that the actually, area? just to give you a sense of how crazy the space is right now, your average commercial litigation financier will not consider a case unless it's looking for at least a million dollars in financing. Wow. Yeah. And then you said you're you're doing under five hundred. Yeah, we're doing under five hundred. And believe it or not, that's already significantly smaller than every other financier in the market right now. And that's, I'll tell you why they're yeah. not looking at those kinds of cases. It's because these are big hedge funds and sure. they're evaluating cases on a one-off basis. So they have to look through the evidence every single time. Right. And when you're doing that and you're trying to deploy several million dollars, it makes sense to do it all at once in one case. You've got to do the due diligence, which right. actually leads me to what I wanted to find out about because obviously you're not, like you have investors too. This money's not coming out of <laughs> yes. thin air. And they want to know that their risk is covered. They want to know right. that there's a return coming in on this right. money, right? So how do you get the underwriting done on these smaller cases where you can't do that deep due diligence on every single case? One word, computers. <laughs> computers. So <laughs> yeah. the robots are figuring this all out. But seriously, what... what Where's the information coming from? How are they getting it figured out? Yeah, so we actually have an underwriting mechanism, and this is why we're a legal tech company, not just a traditional litigation financier. We have an underwriting mechanism that relies on 15 million past court records and uses machine learning on all of those records to determine the likelihood of a case winning. Now, it sounds fancy, but keep in mind that people have done studies saying that they can predict Supreme Court decisions with 70% accuracy. So right. the fact that we can do this with a high degree of accuracy shouldn't be all that surprising. Well, so, I mean, I guess the common phraseology is big data. You're, you're, leveraging, big data. you're leveraging big data, but so if I understand what you just said, you're going back or your bots, your algorithms, your, your right. machine learning is going back over thousands and thousands of cases that might have something similar to this case right. to evaluate a likelihood of recovery and the size of the recovery. Well, not the size of the recovery. Okay. So I can tell you about how the algorithm works. So, you know, picture your average litigation financier. They're coming in looking at a case and they're saying, oh, look, the case has already passed a motion to dismiss. That right. must mean that it's already doing pretty well. The judge looks favorably on it. And look, the, the plaintiff's attorney has filed three motions that have all been granted in discovery. And the defense attorney is just having his motions denied left and right. That would be a good sign in any event, but your average litigation financier wouldn't know what weight to assign to each of those events. Right. And honestly, I don't know either, uh -huh. but I'll tell you something, my, my algorithm knows. I got it, so you're not only looking at the case and the merits of the case, but you're actually right. taking the stature of the case, like where are we now, what's happened so far, 
does that increase or decrease the risk? Exactly. That's exactly what we look at. Fascinating. So what I'd like to do is come back and talk about how this is working since you know, Josh Lennon's here with us, yeah. how this is working with Clio and how that helps to bring it to the lawyers and makes it more accessible to them. Before we do that, I want to step out and uh, go to a spot and hear a word from our sponsors. Just give us a second. We'll hear from our sponsor and we'll come back to Josh Lennon and understand a little bit about the integration. And then I want to hear more from you about how the client's risk is evaluated and how you work with the clients directly. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's answer the number one.com slash podcast. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University, the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. And we're back from break. We are here with Eva Shang of The Legal List and Josh Lennon, from Clio, and we are talking about financing justice. We're talking about finding funds to help litigants in smaller value cases under $500,000 need to be able to finance the needs for expert witnesses and other litigation costs so they can bring their cases and get access to the courts. When we left, I said we were gonna talk about, uh, Eva's been talking about getting the data necessary. She's got algorithms that help decide the risk and whether or not this is a case that can get the investment. And uh, one of the things we were talking about beforehand was that there's a way that users of Clio, law firms that are using Clio, can use an integration between Clio and LegalList to help make this happen. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, Chris. So I'm Joshua Lennon, the lawyer in residence at Clio. And what most people don't realize is our motto, changing the practice of law for good, doesn't just relate to the software that we do, but also how we can help improve the justice system as a whole. And so one of the interesting things about litigation finance, as we mentioned earlier, is how much it relies upon lawyers taking advantage of it for their clients, recommending that this is the appropriate avenue for moving their cases forward. And so while Legalist has a great algorithm and some really good support financially, they needed access to lawyers. And that's one of the things I can bring to the table. So with the 40,000 lawyers that we have across the United States, all of whom dealing with mostly everyday litigation. This is an opportunity for them to start carrying cases forward that they've had to walk away from in the mm -hmm. past. So for the last couple of months, we've been communicating. I just randomly reached out to Eva and she very graciously took my email and we've had conversations and we've come up with what we think is an exciting integration where you can take the case information that you already have stored in Clio right. and give LegalList permission to review that case 
and decide if it's appropriate for litigation financing. So it's actually a really quick application process. It's almost, what, three, four clicks of the mouse? Yeah, and your case information is securely transmitted to Legalist for review, and then they'll get back to you as quickly as possible with a decision on appropriate financing. And so Legalist is basically getting permission from the lawyer. Yes to look at this one case that the lawyer is giving permission on, obviously the lawyer getting permission from their client to share it with Legalist ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you're being able to, and Legalist, uh, Eva is able to then use that data in connection with your historic data mm -hmm. to rate, if you will, or grade the case for investment. Exactly, I mean, while we have a really quick process normally, it only usually takes one to two weeks to get back to somebody okay. once they've applied, it is a little bit of a process. You have to fill out your name, the client's name, everything that's happened on the case, provide the case details, your retainer agreement, and those kinds of things are all stored in Clio already. So there's no reason for right. people to fill it out twice. And that's fantastic. That shortens the process and makes it like a lot more streamlined, a lot more ability to get to the answer a lot more quickly. Exactly. And, and to Joshua, to your point, what I was hearing what you were saying is like you said, that a lot of clients wouldn't be able to bring the case and a lot of lawyers mm -hmm. would have to walk away from it. But basically what you're really talking about is a lot of lawyers were having to say, you've got a case, I could help you, but we can't. Mm -hmm. And basically letting them know that because they didn't have the money, the doors to the courtroom were closed. Have been totally slammed shut. And yeah. it harms everybody involved in that conversation, right? So the business owner or the plaintiff loses their chance for access to justice. The lawyer as a business owner has to turn away yeah. business. And so and the courthouse itself doesn't actually get a chance to fulfill their constitutional role of adjudication. So all along the way, we're actually harming ourselves by not having this opportunity. And so we're very excited to bring this integration to work with LegalList. That is exciting. So Eva, there's one question that comes immediately to mind when I'm thinking about this, because I've talked with other investors who fund uh, litigation, usually on the higher mm -hmm. level. And one of the hangups, one of the difficulties is that there's often recourse, which means that if the client doesn't pay back the loan, mm -hmm. they come after the lawyer. How does it work with Legalist? It's non-recourse, which means that we're in it together. If you win the case, then we all win from the damages, but if you lose the case, then we don't get our money back and you don't owe us anything. So you don't you don't have recourse against the lawyer or the client? No. Okay. Yeah, our contracts are purely with the client. So you are you're aligning your risk level with everybody else in the case. Exactly. That's we uh, don't want to be benefiting at everybody else's expense. That is pretty phenomenal. So and, and you were explaining to me, but I want to make sure everybody's clear because I know, you know, the lawyers that are listening to the show, they're all jumping to a lot of conclusions right now. Um, about what well, is this ethical? Can we do this in my state? Can we do this in rural Nebraska? And I want to be really clear. Yeah. How does Legalist make money? We make money by charging a premium on our investment. So, you know, say you have a case and the lawyer is taking 30% contingency, we will invest money, say we'll invest money for the cost, and then we will take a percentage from the client's share on top of that. Okay. So, essentially raising the contingency but covering the cost that your lawyer as a law firm you know you guys don't have the kind of money in the bank to cover so if i'm listening to you right what you're saying is you basically make an agreement with the the lawyer introduces you right mm -hmm. and you're making an agreement though with the clients you and the client yes okay and then so if the client wins you take a percentage much like the lawyer does but you're not exactly you're not the key word is you're not splitting fees in any way we are not fee splitting okay and Joshua, when we were talking about this, like, you know, I was raising these concerns because I know my listeners are going to. 
about also the duty that the lawyer has to not involve someone who would act to the detriment of the client into the case. Absolutely. What's your experience with this? How do you feel like that should be addressed or is addressed? So we take a look at state ethics opinions around litigation financing. They do have a couple of points that they want lawyers to be aware of, and one of which is making sure that the financing doesn't impact their independent professional judgment on behalf of their client. And that's one of the great things about Legalist is that they are willing to finance access to justice, but they trust the lawyers with that. The second issue that these ethics opinions do discuss is making sure that the client has all the information they need to make an educated decision about whether or not to bring financing in. Sure, yeah. So it can't just be that a lawyer says, we're going to get financing, everything will be fine, done deal. But they do need to take the time to educate their client on what the financing involves, how it may impact any damages or settlement that comes, and making sure that the client enters the agreement with open eyes. Once they do that, it's ethical and every state, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, so basically you're opening the doors to justice for the client. Mm -hmm. You're giving the lawyer the ability to say yes where they'd otherwise have to say no. And you're aligning yourself with both so that there's no conflict of interest going on. Exactly. Makes total sense to me. So let's get really crisp then on, like, who should actually think about applying for financing through Legalist? Every small firm or large firm attorney who has a case where they need investment of less than $500,000, whether you're on full contingency or partial contingency, whether you need the money for an expert witness, for some kind of mediation costs, or for just to subsidize you know, your own firm when you're on a partial contingency basis. That's all something that we can take care of, and we'd love to, to hear from you. Okay, so the key is the amount of financing is under half a million dollars, under $500,000 exactly. US. Exactly. Okay. And the types of cases kind of agnostic as to what the area of law is or, or anything of that nature? We don't generally fund personal injury cases. Okay, so not personal injury, but uh, you'd like the, the example you gave was a commercial litigation case. Exactly. Can you give a couple other examples of cases that you've uh, been interested in financing? Yeah, so uh, one of the cases that is my favorite is a case where it was an employee and she was unfairly let go by a multinational corporation and she didn't have the money as a result of not getting her severance payment to actually pursue litigation. And so this is a case where the employment lawyer took it on a contingency basis and needed $30,000 to cover costs. And this is a case that exactly fits our profile. So employment cases, breach of contract cases, whether you're a small business or an individual, if you need access to the justice system and don't have the money to do so, litigation finance might be a good bet for you. Okay. And so and how would a lawyer get to know you. I'll ask Joshua first, if a lawyer's already using Clio, mm -hmm. how would they access or get the connection between Clio and uh, Legalist? So we have uh, our own little app store built into Clio. It's actually, you just click right at the top for apps and you can pick Legalist and create a Legalist account and start right away with them. But I also recommend reading up on Legalist and Eva has all the information for that. And so Eva, how would lawyers uh, who'd be interested in doing this for their clients get more information and learn more from you? Our website is legalist.us. We have white papers there. We have all the ethics opinions you could want. Just to be clear, we don't actually have a sign-up process. You can apply or you can not apply. You can just browse the site. Everything's accessible to you without having to sign up. Fantastic. And uh, Eva shared with us, uh, do you mind if I share your Twitter with our listeners? Go right ahead. Great. So she shared, if you want to learn more information also, you can check her out and send her a message at Eva underscore Shang. So that's E-V-A underscore S-H-A-N-G or at Legalist 
underscore US. And again, the website was www.legalist.us. If uh, you want to learn more from Joshua about Clio and Clio's connection to Legalist, Joshua can be reached at Joshua Lennon, that's J-O-S-H-U-A-L-E-N-O-N on Twitter. And uh, he'd be able to uh, get you more information as well. So that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. My guests today have been uh, absolutely awesome, Eva Shang and Joshua Lennon. And we're here at ABA Tech Show, uh, knocking the show out right here on the trade show floor. And uh, we're really, really excited to be able to uh, bring you this show today. My name, of course, is still Christopher Anderson. I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.